take your Bible with me, please, to the book of Matthew, chapter 2, and we'll continue to go verse by verse through this book of the Word of God together. And we're in chapter 2, and I don't think I've ever seen this quite like that I've been studying it recently. All of these events in the latter part of chapter 2 of Matthew, I believe, are pointing to a a great truth that we all need, especially thinking about heading into a new year. Not that the new year is any uh, different distinction than any other day of the year, except for the fact that usually people stop and just take notice of a few things as they start a new year. I think that's a good thing to do. And uh, what I want to say to you tonight as we look verse by verse through the Bible, this whole text is about letting God direct your life. I, I really think a lot of people blame God for or others for the things in their lives that have occurred, whereas many times it's because they have chosen their own path. And now that they have to live with the path they've chosen, they're not happy with it. And so they look for someone to blame. And yet, the best path of life is the one that God is always directing. The good news is that though our lives seem to be small and insignificant and the God of heaven certainly has plenty to do that he is interested in directing all of our lives individually. And he wants to be involved with our daily activities. And as I'm looking at Matthew chapter 2, we'll pick up the reading again in verse number 12. And of course, the context here is still the wise men. But I, I want you to notice how each of the events from verse 12 to 23 is God directing the path of not only the wise men, but but the rest of the characters in the story. Look with me. Matthew chapter 2, the Bible says in verse 12, And being warned of God, I think God's still warning people. I don't think there's the absence of God's warnings. I think it's the absence of people listening and hearing the warning. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. And when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeareth to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and flee into Egypt. And be thou there until I bring thee word again, for Herod will seek the young child to destroy him. So God tells the wise men where to go and where not to go, and now he's telling Joseph where to go. You see that in the story. Verse number 14, when he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night and departed into Egypt. And was there until the death of Herod, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken of the Lord by the prophet, saying, Out of Egypt have I called my son. Then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth, and sent forth, and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem, 
and all the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired of the wise men. Then was fulfilled that which was spoken by Jeremy the prophet, saying, In Ramah was there a voice heard, lamentation and weeping and great mourning, Rachel weeping for her children, and would not be comforted, because they are not. But when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise, and take the young child and his mother, and go into the land of Israel, for they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose, and took the young child and his mother, and came into the land of Israel. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, he was afraid to go thither. Notwithstanding, being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. And he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth, that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets, he should be called a Nazarene. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, We ask tonight that even as you guided and directed the wise men and as you guided and directed Joseph and then you directed him again, that you would help us to allow you to set the course and the path of our lives. Lord, I don't know what twists and turns are coming down the road for any of us or people in our church family. I know certainly, Lord, there'll be a lot of things unexpected. But I confess to you, Father, that we need your help and your guidance. And I pray that every father, every husband especially, in our church, Lord, would be yielded to the direction and guidance that you want to give them. And I pray, Lord, that you would get us where you want us to go and cause us to be who you want us to be. And may we not go our own way, but may we go your way. And if you want to change the direction of our lives, we pray you'd give us grace and understanding and wisdom to know when you're talking to us. And we ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. As you hold your finger here in Matthew 2, would you turn over to the book of Jeremiah chapter 10? I always love to give this verse to people. I've had people so many times ask me about direction in their lives. We all make decisions. Some of them are life-changing. And many of them, it's sad to say, a lot of the life-changing decisions people make are for the bad. They're not for the good. And a lot of times if we could only see the effects of our decisions before we make them, we would probably make another decision, but that's not the way it goes. But the first step in letting God direct your life. And this is important before I get into the text of how God directed all these events in Matthew chapter 2 in their lives. The first step is to understand, now listen to me, that you don't know how to direct your own life. If you don't get that, you're always going to go astray. And the verse for that is here in Jeremiah chapter 10 and verse number 23. If there's a verse in Jeremiah you ought to memorize, here's, here's one. O oh Lord, 
I know that the way of man is not in himself. It is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. In other words, it's not even in me. I don't know how to direct my life. I don't have that ability. You see how that puts man so low to the ground. Well, I'm educated. I have common sense. I Certainly I can make decisions. No, no, you need God's direction. It is not in you to direct your own steps. You don't have that ability. And as we look in Matthew chapter 2, the first group of people that God directs are wise men. Now, now, now think about that just for a moment. These are not just smart men, they are wise men. They, they know something that nobody else even knew. They are clued into God like nobody else is clued into God, it seems, on the planet. Right? But they were going to go back to Herod the way they had come, and God said to them, I want you to go another way. Do you see that in the text? Verse 12 of Matthew 2. And being warned of God in a dream that they should not return to Herod, they departed into their own country another way. They could have said, you know, we, we're educated enough. I mean, we're right with God. We, we know what way to go. But in their wisdom, they knew that they needed to listen to the directions of God for their life. You see that? As wise as they were, they needed direction. Now, how did God give them direction? Well, he he gave them direction through the whole chapter. I'm not going to re-preach the message. But we see the star's revelation that guided them, right? I'm not going to re-preach that. I know that was a different message. But God had a special revelation to these men. And they received that revelation. And they let that revelation guide their life. It's a very unusual thing to let an appearance of of a star, an appearance of an individual direct your life. That's a very unusual thing, wouldn't you say? But they allowed the star to direct their lives. Not only that, the Bible says in verse number 5 of Matthew chapter 2, They said unto him, In Bethlehem of Judea, for thus is written by the prophet, Thou Bethlehem in the land of Judah art not. So they also let the scriptures, the revelation of the scriptures. They got a revelation through the star and they followed the direction That God wanted to go. They got a revelation in the scripture. It's Bethlehem where you need to go. Well, we'll we'll go where the scriptures tell us to go. Do you see that? Again, these men are not studying astrology or astronomy. They are receiving revelation from God. And they're following it. Now, Now, drop down. Look at verse number 12 now. And being warned of God in a what? So now we have the revelation in a dream. Guys, can you not see all three of these revelations are very different? 
the star is not the same as studying in the scriptures and finding out where I need to go. A dream is certainly different, is it not? Now, they could have woken up from dreams and said, man, we ate too much pizza last night. But they understood that God is speaking to them through this dream. Now you say, Pastor, what does that have to do with me? Do you want me to start um, listening to dreams? Or I, I tell you what, I, I do have some people that every now and then they'll tell me, they tell me their dreams. I said, I wish you wouldn't tell me your dreams. Number one, when I have dreams, I don't remember. I thank God for that. Uh, I, I don't want to remember my dreams because they're dreams. <laughs> And they're, they're, they are a picture of all those weird thoughts going on in your brain. <laughs> they're just all jumbled up. You say, well, what's going on here? Well, hold your place there. We'll be right back. Go to Hebrews chapter 1. You've got to compare Scripture with Scripture, right? I have had in my ministry somebody come up to me and said, you know, God revealed himself to me by an angel or, you know, something like that, in a vision. I have had God, I have had people come to tell me that God gave me a dream and it was, well, what they didn't do is they didn't read the rest of the Bible. Okay, so, so here, here's the understanding of that. Hebrews chapter 1, verse number 1. God, who at sundry times and in, watch it now, divers manners, spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son. So God talked to people in all types of different ways through the, through the Bible. He talked to people in dreams. He talked, I think it's interesting here, Joseph is going to be dreaming some dreams here. Isn't that, isn't that so, so interesting how the, the guy that was his namesake, Joseph in the Old Testament, has dreams from God. All, all that, all that's just. And so God spoke to people differently through the Bible. He, he, he revealed himself to them in different ways, in different manners. You say, why is that? I'll tell you why that is. Because they have something you don't have because you have something they don't have. You know, why did God speak to them in dreams and in visions and in appearances and all those kind of things? Because they didn't have a completed Bible. You have the full, complete revelation of God. God's not writing any more scripture. He's not revealing any other advanced thing. He gave you a whole, complete book. You know how, you know how unusual that is? Even the early church, when you read these epistles, they're passing these things around. And you've got it all in one package. You've got God's full revelation to you. You don't need to have a dream. You need to read your Bible every day. <laughs> You've got a full revelation. Now, having said that, God will direct you in your life through more than just the Scripture. I have met people that, you know, if, if they can't find a verse of Scripture, they, they don't know what to eat that day. I mean, I mean guys... I believe your life ought to be directed by the Bible. I've even known people that, that are so spooky about this that they'll take the Bible and they have to make a decision and they flop it open and they point their finger. Guys, you may point to the verse that says, go out and hang yourself. 
Don't, don't be superstitious about it. The Bible is a book to lead your life. It has principles and precepts. It's not a Ouija board. You don't open the Bible, okay, you see the word Macedonia, and now you're called to that country. You understand what I'm saying? You've got to have more spiritual understanding than that. Does God speak to you through the Bible? Does He reveal His path? Does He direct you? through? Absolutely He does. But that's not the only way He directs you. Just like these wise men had three different ways He directed them. They're all different. The star, the scriptures, the dream. God has different ways. Because you have something they don't. You have the indwelling Holy Ghost living in your body. You have another person on the inside. The Bible says that the Holy Ghost was not yet given because Jesus was not yet glorified. Jesus said, if I go, he said, I'm going to send the comforter. He'll abide with you forever. We have a revelation like no, like, like no other. As we preach this morning, Christ is in us. And you know what? If you yield to him every day, he'll direct you. He'll direct you. You know, a lot of times, guys, I, don't have to have, I don't have to have a verse in the Bible not to do certain things and go certain places because the person on the inside says, uh-uh, I don't think you, I don't want you to do that. I don't want you to go there. You know there's no verse in the Bible that tells you not to smoke pot. It, it ain't in there. Well, that means we can smoke pot. You've lost your mind. You say, well, how do you know that? Because the guy that lives inside of you, if you're saved, would never tell you to smoke pot because he don't smoke pot. You, you understand? You don't have to have very, you don't have to just be led by, by the scripture. You have to be led by the spirit. The Bible says, as many as are led by the spirit of God, they are the sons of God. The spirit of God on the inside wants to direct your life. But you're, you won't get that direction if you're not yielded to it. If you have no fellowship with the spirit, if you have no communion with the spirit, if the Holy Ghost is just a doctrine, Instead of a person that you're allowing control your thoughts and your the steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord. And he delighteth in his way. If the Lord on the inside, if I delight in his way, he is going to direct my steps. Can we ever make a bad decision? Yeah. But if, if your heart's right with God, the one inside will let you know about it. So what I'm saying is we've got to allow other, the different means. The first thing I want to say about letting God direct your life, you've got to let God direct your life in through different means. Just like these wise men, the star, the scripture, the dreams. I don't think you ought to let, let your life, life be directed by dreams. Absolutely not. But I do believe God will put people in your life to help direct your way. As a matter of fact, when we get into this in just a second about Joseph, God directed Joseph. Is that right? 
You know who he didn't talk to? Mary. Now this would be profound. God directed Mary through Joseph. God didn't tell Mary anything. Can you imagine, ladies, if your husband woke up one morning and said, Honey, I just had a dream. We're going to Egypt. Now, you, you say, well, man, that, that's crazy. No, that's called great faith. If God is going to direct Mary's life, she has got to be willing to let Joseph direct her life. Do you see that? She could have fought with him about that. You are crazy. Do you know how young this baby is? And there's death at the doorstep. She doesn't have a long time to listen. She doesn't have a long time to submit herself. She didn't get the dream. You understand? She's got to trust her head. She's got to trust the man that God put in her life. And if she doesn't, they're all in danger. And she will be out of the will of God. God is directing her through him. You know, we we want all of our children, our young people, to have a personal relationship and fellowship with Jesus Christ. They need that. But you know what? God also puts their parents in their lives by the grace of God, if they're right with God, to help direct their lives. What I'm trying to tell you is God will use other people to direct your life if you're smart, if you're wise. I mean, look at poor old Balaam. Who was God using to direct his life? And he got out the stick and started beating it. You know what? As uh, shallow as your husband may be, ma'am, he's probably better than a donkey. As troubled maybe as your parents are, they're probably better than a donkey. God can even lead you through a donkey is what I'm trying to say. I'm just trying to say God puts people in your life to help direct your life. And some people won't let anybody help direct their life. The wise men let God direct them through different means. Now look at verse 16 before I get into Joseph's direction because there's a, there's a bad apple in this story. In verse 16, then Herod, when he saw that he was mocked of the wise men, was exceeding wroth and sent forth and slew all the children that were in Bethlehem and the coast thereof from two years old and under, according to the time which he had diligently inquired the wise men. And of course, verse 17, 18 is the fulfillment of the prophecy of them weeping over their children because they're, they're all dead. So why, why you bring that up? Because Herod, Herod is also being led. 
He's just not being led by God. Now watch it now. The direction of our lives never comes about through our own intelligence. Many times, if people, you're either letting the Lord direct your life, watch it now, or you're letting your anger direct your life. You're either letting the Holy Ghost direct your life, or you're letting your resentments and your bitterness direct your life. It is so unnatural and depraved and satanic for anybody to want to kill children two years and below. And to kill all of them. He didn't come up with that on his own. Somebody directed him into that. The devil himself, the devil used his bitterness, used the fact that he was angry at the wise men for mocking him and not coming back to him like he said. They said they would. And his anger guided his life. I tell you what, if you let your anger guide your life, you're going to end up in a place that you never dreamed you'd end up. And you're not just going to hurt you, you're going to hurt a lot of other people. A lot of innocent people. Because the devil has a plan for your life as well. Don't let your direction come from your inward issues. If the first thing I would say is that our direction is through different means. Our direction also should be away from or in contrast to the issues that are going on in my heart. I shouldn't let my anger and my frustrations and my fears and my disappointments direct my life because that's what the devil's going to use to direct me in the wrong direction. And the devil directs Herod to kill all these kids. I said before, and I just can't keep from saying it. He would make a good member of Hamas. There is something so seriously, terribly wrong with our country that we would have people celebrating and and lifting up their voices in solidarity with a bunch of baby murdering, women raping, hating God people. I tell you what, we got serious problems in this country. We got devil-possessed people in this country. That would want to justify the killing of little children. Satan has directed that, but he used Herod's anger toward that. Herod's anger caused him to go that way. I would say whatever, whatever bent you have, you better make sure that if the thing that's, that's directing you are the issues going on in your heart, that's a bad place to get direction. Because God Almighty will direct you away from those issues. As a matter of fact, you know, I didn't mention these wise men, you know what they did? They told Herod they'd be back. That's why he was mocked. They didn't come back. But God told them to go another way. Can I tell you this? Even if you've told people you're going to do such and such, if God tells you to go another way, then you need to go another way, even if it makes you look like a liar. That's sort of difficult sometimes, isn't it? We go out on a limb with something. So I'm going to get mud on my face if I go another. I've already told him I'm coming back. Yeah, but God told you to go another way. You know God's other way is always better than our way. 
His way is safer than our way. Even if we've already told everybody else how, what way we're going. And that's probably part of our problem. We open our mouths too much. You know, as the Bible says that we ought to say, if the Lord will, we shall do this or that, right? And the wise men were very wise, but they should have looked at Herod and said, well, if it's God's will, we'll come back. If it's not, see you. <laughs> but no, he felt slighted and mocked because they didn't come back the way they said. They didn't, they didn't come back and tell him that they had found the child. I'm just saying that God's direction many times is a direction in opposite of where we want to go and what we have declared we want to do and about our own issues and, and problems in our heart the way they would direct us. God's saying, I want you to go another way. Let's get into Joseph now. Look at verse 13. Will you let God direct your life? Will you? If you let him direct your life, you have got to be willing to be directed through different means. You've got to be willing to be directed away from the inward issues that you have. Verse 13, and when they were departed, behold, the angel of the Lord appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, arise and take the young child and his mother. You notice in all of these texts, it's always, the child is always before the mother. Because the child is more important than the mother. That, our Catholic friends need that. Because our Catholic friends always put the virgin and the child. Oh, no, no, not in the Bible. It's the child and then the woman. But, you know, I even see something in here that if Joseph was a proud man, he probably would have bucked this. The Bible in a dream comes to him and says, take the young child and his mother. doesn't even say his wife. Well, what? He didn't even say, Joseph, I want you to go to Egypt. <laughs> he doesn't even mention Joseph. Joseph, you're just the fifth wheel here, buddy. You're the second fiddle in this story. What I'm trying to do is get the young child and his mother somewhere. You are just the vessel to do it. Can you see pride welling up in a guy? Well, what's best for me? I'm telling you what, you won't know God's direction for your life. Will you let God direct you? It'll always be away from your pride. He never leads us in the places that will help our pride. <laughs> he leads us in the opposite direction. Joseph, take the, the young child and his mother. That doesn't even say his wife. But I want you to take these, and this is where I want you to go. Arise. And look at what it says in verse 13. And take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Now that, now that, that also... That also has a connotation in it. You know, red-blooded men don't want to run. They want to fight. Anybody, can I have a witness with anybody with that, guys? Oh, the government wants to kill him? Oh, all right. Yeah, we can arm up. Yeah, yeah. Let, let him come and pry it off my bloody dead hand. 
I'm going to fight. You know how many times God told somebody to run? <laughs> Flee. That's in haste. That's not a very courageous activity. And look what the Bible says in verse number 14. When he arose, he took the young child and his mother by night. He's even leaving under cover of darkness. You know what I really believe? A lot of times we think we're in the will of God when we're fighting and God told us to flee. But we're just too stubborn and too proud not to stand up and, and fight for what we want. Run away. I don't run away from anything. If the instructions are clear, you better go immediately. If you know God, you better run. Isn't that the Bible tells us to flee fornication? There's so many things we're supposed to flee and not fight. I believe God's people ought to fight the good fight of faith and all that. But I'm telling you what, a lot of times uh, God's people get in trouble because God doesn't tell them to fight. He tells them to run. And let me ask you a question. If, if I was God, I wouldn't even talk to Joseph. I mean, I got quite a few angels up here. And you remember what the Bible says. He, he should give his angels charge concerning thee, lest any time thou dash thy foot. He had all these angels that can watch over his only begotten son. He could send all those angels down there, amen, and had a look and, and stood around the house. And when Herod sent his minions, just killed all of them dead. What I'm saying, do you not think God could take care of his son without running to Egypt? Well, then why did he tell him to go to Egypt? Because that's where he wanted him to go. Don't even have to have a reason. Now, there is a verse of Scripture that needs to be fulfilled. Out of Egypt, that it might be fulfilled, the Scripture says, out of Egypt have I called, have I called my son. That's out of the book of Hosea. <laughs> but see... If Joseph is not willing to go where God wants him to go and to run and to make haste and flee, even if it's against his manhood, there are going to be parts of the Scriptures that are not fulfilled. He's got to be willing to run, be humble enough to run, and to be humble enough to go to a bad place. Can I say this? This will probably be pretty rough. Sometimes God directs us to bad places. Does the scripture not say that Jesus Christ was led of the Spirit into the wilderness where he met Satan? Where did God lead Jesus? Into the, into the desert, into the wilderness. Into the place where there's no bread and there's no water. And he spends his time fasting there and going without. And there he meets the devil that's going to tempt him. Sometimes the Lord leads us into a bad place. You know Egypt is a bad place. Anywhere you read it in the Bible, it's a bad place. It's a type of the world. You know what? Joseph could have said, I'm not going to go to Egypt. Israel's where God is. 
Israel's where the temple is. There ain't no temple down in Egypt. Israel's where the people of God are. God told you to go to Egypt. Sometimes God will direct you to go to a, a bad place, but it's for a greater good. It's, it's not for you to come, become an Egyptian or become a part of the culture. Why did God send the children of Israel? Now, when he talks about out of Egypt, have I called my son? There's also a connotation there with the nation of Israel because Israel's called God's son as well as a nation in the Bible, but they're not the only begotten son. That's the difference, you see. Well, what did God do with, with, with the children of Israel? Did he not send them to Egypt? Was it a bad place? Say, was it a bad place? Was it a hard place to live? Was it bondage there? Was it heathenism there? Did God send them there? Why did He send them there? So He could bring them up out of Egypt with all the spoil of Egypt. I can't prove this by Scripture. But you know they go down into Egypt with all this gold. I told you they're the richest couple in Israel, in Bethlehem. They got all this gold and all this frankincense and all this myrrh. And they go down into Egypt and that pays all their journey and all their fare. I got a good mind they came up out of Egypt more blessed than when they went down into it. God never intended them to stay there. I'm just, I, what I'm just trying to tell you is sometimes the direction of God is not what you think is pie in the sky and all wonderful. Are, are you listening to me? The direction of God is not always the easiest thing for you. So, so somebody say, well, I know God doesn't want me to do that. Why? Because it's hard. <laughs> Joseph, run to Egypt. Lord, you mean where the, where the heathen are? Yeah. I don't know anybody down there. Sorry, go. And go now. And don't wait. You got the money. I gave you the money. Get. He got up in the night. He went. And I would say to you, when God speaks so plainly, you don't, you don't have to debate about it. Now, the direction of God in directing your life also demands patience. Would you, would you go back to our text in Matthew chapter 2? Here we get mixed up here. We want God to direct us, but we're in a hurry for him to give us all the details about it, you see. The Bible says in verse number 12, being warned of God in a dream that he should not return to Herod, Excuse me, that's the wise man. Uh, verse number 13. It appeared to Joseph in a dream saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and flee into Egypt. Watch this now. And be thou there until I bring thee word. <laughs> the direction of your life is this. Go to Egypt and stay there until I tell you different. You know where we get in trouble a lot of times? We don't wait till God tells us different. We get happy feet. We can't. Let me tell you, if you can't wait on God to make something plain to you, you better stop. You better slow down. Because it's important. It's not just that he goes to Egypt. It's important how long he stays there. But he has no idea how long that is. What has he got to do? He's got to let God direct his life. 
Joseph, how long are you going to be there? Have no idea. What are you going to do for a living? Have no idea. But God told me to go there until he told me something different. I've told you the story about Stonewall Jackson that went into the office in the military there at West Point and he sat down in front of the the, the commanding officer and the officer was meeting with Jackson. He'd come to his office and he was called away in a rush and he said, he said, he said, Mr. Jackson, you stay right here and I'll be right back. Well, the, the, the commanding officer ran off and he had th- these big things to attend to that occupied his time and attention. He forgot all about Stonewall Jackson. It's a true story. The next morning, the commanding officer walked into his office, opened the door, and there's Mr. Jackson sitting in the, in the chair. He said, what are you still doing here? He said, you told me to stay here until you came back. Yeah, but didn't you? My my duty is to obey the last command until I get another one. And a lot of times we just don't have patience for that. What's wrong with God directing our life and us just doing the last thing we knew he told us to do until he tells us something different? Amen. Patience. And God doesn't even tell him. I love this next. This, I'm giving you principles of how God directs your life. He is going to demand that you have patience to wait on his word. Look at verse number 19. The Bible says, but when Herod was dead, praise God. I'd like to say that. Praise God to that. And the angel even comes to him in verse 20 and says, arise, for they are, they are dead which sought the young. The young child, though he tried to kill Jesus, Jesus is still alive and they're all dead. Well, hallelujah. And that's where it's going to end anyway. I'm in verse 19, but when Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt. You know what's amazing? God can talk to you in Egypt just as well as he can talk to you in Israel. He can talk to you in hardship just as he can talk to you in plenty. He can talk to you in the wilderness just like he can talk to you in the palace. He's not limited how he can communicate to us. God sends a dream just like he sent a dream in Bethlehem. Now he sends a dream to him in Egypt. And he says, what did he say? Verse 20, arise and take, sort of like the same story. Arise and take the young child and his mother and go in the land of Israel. Verse 21, he arose, took the young child and his mother and came to the land of Israel. Okay, you sit me back there just to send me right back. Well, praise the Lord, because our purpose is to let God direct our lives. Now, now this is what I want to get about, about how God directs, wants to direct your life. It's a direction that is gradual in your life. In other words, he doesn't give you all the information. Do you notice when, when God told Joseph to go to Egypt, he didn't tell him which city. 
He just said go into Egypt. If you didn't know, Egypt's a pretty big place. Well, Joseph, where are you going? Well, I'm going to go to Egypt. Well, well, where in Egypt? I don't know, but if I'm in Egypt, I'm in the will of God. Because he didn't tell me anything else. Guys, we make it so complicated. Maybe the will of God is a, a bigger rectangle than just a spot. Just go to Egypt. Well, I need a map to where. You know, God did the. And when he, come, when, he, when he comes to Joseph in Egypt, he says, go to Israel. He didn't tell him where in Israel. He didn't tell him to go back to Bethlehem. He didn't tell him to go to Nazareth. He didn't tell him to go to Galilee or Jerusalem. He just said, go back to Israel. You know what Joseph didn't do? He didn't say, well, I need more information than that, God. That's a little too vague. You know what's wrong with us? We won't let God be vague with us. You know why God's vague with us? He's wanting to see if you're going to take the steps you know to take before he gives you more instructions about it. You want God to direct your life? It's going to be one step at a time, friend. Is that not what he did with Abraham? Abraham, get thee out of thy country in the land I'll show thee. Well, where's that? Well, I'll show it to you. When are you going to show it to me? When you get there. Do you see how vague that is? And it doesn't matter. Just go. Get on the path. Get on the journey. Follow God one step at a time. You don't have to have all the details. It's gradual. He'll show them as you're ready to know them. What about, what about the wise men? They didn't, God didn't come to them in their country and say, go to Bethlehem. Did he? They didn't know they were supposed to go to Bethlehem. They, they went with the information they had at the time. God's testing our faith to see how interested we are in letting him direct our lives. He doesn't give us a road map and say, all right, here's your life. Here's all the steps. Doesn't do that. Because what you would do and what I would do, we'd skip on down to the place we're supposed to end up. And God's more concerned about the journey to get there. And so Joseph, he gets his wife. He takes the young child. Where are we going? Honey, I had another dream. Well, where are we going? Going to Israel. Whereabouts? I don't know. I sure wish your dreams would get a little bit more specific. Well, honey, we're just going to have to follow God. And he told me to go, so let's go. The direction was gradual. Let's keep reading in verse 19. When Herod was dead, behold, an angel of the Lord appeareth in a dream to Joseph in Egypt, saying, Arise and take the young child and his mother and go in the land of Israel. For they are dead which sought the young child's life. And he arose and took the young child and his mother and came into the land of Israel. Watch it. Now this is what happens. God's directing Joseph, but he has a bump in the road. And as God directs our lives, a lot of times we have a bump in the road. Verse 22, but, God's directing him, but, when he heard that there is such a profound statement, I'm following God, I'm doing 
what God wants me to do. But I heard. Forget about what you heard and go on what God showed you. The devil makes you hear things. But when he heard that Archelaus did reign in Judea in the room of his father Herod, watch it. He was afraid to go thither. He stopped in his tracks. Why? He heard bad news. He heard something that bothered him in his spirit. He heard something that made him afraid. I know I'm following God. I know I'm doing what, going where, I'm, where God told me to go. But I'm troubled on the inside. I, I hear things. Maybe from his family. Maybe from his friends. Maybe from the newspaper. Maybe from the internet. But he heard something that stopped him from going in the will of God, the direction. He's afraid. Oh, guys, we are more afraid to do the will of God than we are afraid to sin against the will of God. Watch it. 22. He was afraid to go thither, notwithstanding. Thank God. He's about to get out of line, and God says, I gotta talk to this knucklehead again. You see all you see to what extent God is trying to lead this man's life. He's about to make a mistake, and God intervenes and talks to him again. I'd say if we would be honest, God tries to do that in our lives. Maybe we may start to make a wrong turn and go a different direction. Our, our mind gets crossed, our heart gets crossed, and God comes in to try, to try to get it straightened out again. Notwithstanding being warned of God in a dream. God gave him another dream. Why? Because he's about to get out of the will of God because of his fears. Being warned of God in a dream, he turned aside into the parts of Galilee. You see how the progression, little by little, of God's leadership. And he keeps responding when God speaks to his heart. It's not enough that he got the dream back in Bethlehem. It's not enough that he got the dream there in Egypt. He's getting the dream now because he still needs continual direction from God. God is giving him, him direction over and over and over again. This is what I want to say about God directing your life. He doesn't just give you orders once and leave you alone. He's continually trying to direct our lives. And that's why it's so important for us to stay right with God. If you were right with God 10 years ago and you got on a path doing what God wants you, hallelujah. But it's so important for you to stay right with God because God wants to continually direct your life. And we've got to be in touch with Jesus to get that direction. It's not enough of what he knew before. He, he needs this warning. He needs this direction being warned of God in a dream he turned aside into the parts of Galilee and he came and dwelt in a city called Nazareth and that's so interesting because that's where he and Mary started from God lets him go right back to the place that was home 
If you could think just for a moment how turned upside down this young couple's life was, leaving all their family, all their friends, everything they had known, and they go to Bethlehem, and they stay there between one and two years. We don't know how long. And then they go down into Egypt, and we don't know how long that was. It could have been years. It could have been months. I don't know how long it was. And now God sends them back, and their life is just traveling. It's like a stranger and a pilgrim on a journey. And God finally says, you know what? Y'all can just go back home. That'll be a good place to raise my, my son. Just go back to Nazareth. They went back to Nazareth. And the Bible says that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the prophets. He shall be called a Nazarene. That gradual direction. And now Jesus will be known. It's all through the New Testament. Jesus of Nazareth. Not just any Jesus but Jesus of Nazareth. Paul, when he gave his testimony, when he said the Lord appeared to him to the Damascus road, he said, he said that Jesus said to him, I'm Jesus of Nazareth. The place where Joseph allowed God to lead him away from and lead him back to. He was not a Nazarite. He was be called a Nazarene, a person from Nazareth. And the story is right. Listen, the story is wonderful. But can you see the leadership of God in Joseph's life one step at a time? He's just going where God wants him to go. What a wonderful example in a human being for the incarnate Son of God to see his stepfather one step at a time follow the will of God for his life. What an example. I don't know about you, but I know it's not in me to direct my steps. And I know in the coming year, I don't know what's going to happen. But I want to be close enough to God to follow his leading. And whether it's a place that I don't want to go or whether it's away from my pride and my issues, whether it takes a lot of patience to follow him, whether or not he uses different means or different people to do that in my life. I want to be willing to follow God, and we need him to lead us. And he'll not lead you wrong.